0: A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how my name is mercury and i'm the trans handy ma'am my pronouns are she her and i teach compassionate diy we're here to help renters LGBTQIA members and anyone who's feeling left out in a diy space hey guys gals and non-binary pals thank you for listening to this week's episode of the handy ma'am hotline as always, I'm joined by the wonderful Maggie Conrad. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, it's good to have you this week. You know, Maggie's been out for the last several weeks because yeah. she has been sicky sick. How are mm-hmm. you doing now, Maggie?
1: Much better. Finally feeling normal again for the first time
0: in a while. <laughs> I mean, Maggie, define what is normal. <laughs> That's what I was going to say.
1: Like, qu- <laughs> uh, quote, nor- quote, unquote, normal. Normal for uh, our, us. Not <laughs> deathly sick on the couch with everybody taking care of me and my husband out of town and my poor toddler and my dog possibly needing surgery. Oh, it was a hot mess, but we're back now. <laughs> now, for those who are
0: just listening to us for the very first time, we have several questions today that we're going to go through. Some are voicemails. Some are verbal messages. Wait. Text messages. Text messages. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> and uh, But none of them are ones that I have fully looked into. I know vaguely about them, but that's about it. So we are going to dive right in, and I'm going to use all the knowledge in my brain to answer your DIY questions. Woo!
1: All right. Hi, I am Giselle, she, her, and my son hung off of my curtain rod and tore it down, leaving a hole in the wall. I patched it up with the spackle they have at Walmart, but now, of course, I can't hang any curtains. I worked really hard to build my house from the ground up in October and now it has a hole and I have sheets covering my window. So I have no privacy from the neighbors. I want to put up my curtains, but I don't know how to do that. Do you think I need to re-spackle or do something different? And if so, what?
0: Thank you. Oh no, the classic, (laughs) my son decided to turn my curtains into a pull-up bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, first and foremost, I just want to say my heart goes out to you because the way that you wrote that really showcases like how much your home means to you mm-hmm. and how imperfections like this really wear away at you. Like yeah. The way you wrote that specifically really makes me feel your heart here. I'm going to tell you right now, first and foremost, you did a great job already. I, I can't see what the result is, but I know the fact that you even tried and your instinct was to give it a go says volumes about you as a person. It also says volumes about how much you love your home, Okay when we're talking about trying to make sure there's some structural strength into a wall, spackle ain't going to cut it, right? Mm-hmm. That hole in the wall needs to be filled up with some drywall, right? Like, especially because you you, you say in your, your text message that you now have a big gaping hole in your wall, right? Even if you put like a whole bunch of joint compound in there, right, you're not filling up the hole entirely. So then you're, the hole itself is not... There's nothing there to hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just put the curtain rod up there into a space that's not going to have any strength, right? So what we want to do is do what I like to call one-for-one one patch, okay? Or a California patch. What that is, is basically you're taking a piece of drywall and you're placing it into the spot that is, you know, gone... And then you're using a cardboard that is an inch of that drywall as a little bit of like a butterfly. That's why some (laughs) people call it a butterfly patch. And that butterfly patch just like attaches itself to the wall. And you place joint compound over it. And they have,
1: isn't that also called a Presto patch?
0: Yes, Maggie. You cut me off before I was (laughs) going to come in and say I
1: finished the thought. (laughs) You did.
0: There's a great product that's going to do you wonders, and that's called a Presto patch. It's by DAP. The D A P makes a great product called Presto patch, and it basically comes with everything you're going to basically need. Okay. Now, how this works is it's just like a round patch, drywall patch. It's a piece of drywall that has a lot of excess cardboard around it. I think maybe like an inch and a half of excess cardboard or so. Maybe two. Mm -hmm. And you can make those smaller if you need to. I never tell people to. The chances are you're going to need to make the hole bigger before you make it smaller. It'll come with some styrofoam that is basically the stencil... For the patch, you're going to place the styrofoam on the wall. You're going to take a pencil and then go inside of the circle and trace it out. Then you're going to take a drywall knife or an Exacto knife or anything you got, and then carve out that hole. So now you're going to have a big, nice hole in your wall, but that Presto patch is going to fit right in there. Now this is the thing I love about circle patches opposed to square patches. Circle patches. Fit in really nice and tight. And every single aspect of them, every single angle is very you want it tight. You don't want them to have too much loosey-goosey in them, right? You don't want the patch to wiggle around at all. You really want it to be nice and firm in there if you don't have any screws in it, right? And this kind of patch has no screws, it's all drywall, and it's all joint compound, okay? Once you get that nice and cut out, nice and, you know, perfectly, as much as you can, then you're going to take joint compound, put some on where the patches of the butterfly is going to go, and then you place the patch on there, and then you cover it up with joint compound. And then you kind of, like, rinse and repeat until you get it to the way you want to. There are some great tutorials online, including the one that I did for the Presta oh, Patch. Yeah. you have a um,
1: YouTube video uh, that yep. is now linked in the description.
0: Yes, I will absolutely say watch my YouTube video. It gives you a lot of like visual, like how to make it look smooth, how to make it work. Now, here's the thing. If you watch that and you're like, this Presto patch isn't really what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. There's another one in there that I always forget the exact name for this, Maggie. It's in my book, which is ironic. <laughs> that
1: and I had to double check the name for the book and now I can't remember either.
0: Is it called a plank? <laughs> uh, a plank patch? What is it? It's okay. Here's what it is for those who are just so you can get pieces of wood and put screws into the drywall with the pieces of wood inside the hole. So basically, you're you're going inside the hole with wood, and you're screwing the wood behind there. So when you put in the next patch, it's fitting into the hole. And then you can screw the patch into the the yeah the, the you're, wood.
1: You're basically putting in like faux studs. Yeah, um, that's yeah. Using making smart wood pieces to drill into the drywall to give you yeah, like a backing.
0: Yeah, and that that it, it, now this the, here's the thing. If if all the things we're saying are just all really big holes compared to you what you got you know that's okay you don't need to make a huge version of this but maybe you make like a two inch version of this mm-hmm. maybe you do a little bit i would say that some of the best things that you can do is make the hole bigger for the patch you're going to do right and then here's the biggest thing that i can tell you if you're someone who's never done a real big patch before and you can always redo it mm-hmm. okay like if you are like oh, i've, I've tried and it's, it's still like a, a big hill. It, it, you know, it doesn't blend. It just looks like a big hump in my wall, and I hate it. You Take it apart. Take it do apart it and do it again. It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. And here's the thing. As long as you do the best you can and you are mindful that we're trying to make ramps for the patch and not make hills for the patch, you're going to be okay, right? Think of when you're adding the drink compound, you're making a big ramp to the middle and a big ramp coming out of the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, the more gradual that ramp is, the less likely you're going to see the hump in the wall. There's always going to be a hump in the wall. That's by the very proxy of how a patch works, mm-hmm. right? But if you can somehow make the illusion of flatness, it's going to look a lot better.
1: It's kind of like when you're driving in a car and you're going up a ve- like a very slow incline. You can't even tell. But then you go up that same incline on a bike and you're like, oh, yeah, I can feel it now. Because you can't really yeah, see
0: it, but you can feel it. 100%. That's a really great analogy. <laughs> or when you're going up the hill and you don't realize how high the hill is and then you're like oh yeah and then you look off the cliff and mm-hmm. you're like 200 feet up in the air yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's it's those kind of things that yeah. like, you are way higher up on the drywall than you think you are but we want to give the impression that you aren't and right. that's all we're trying to talk about so i hope that helps and i hope that that you know fills out your you know anxiousness about it because that kind of stuff can be yeah. Tough. And and I think that the right the right tools are gonna be like a joint compound, a joint knife, is which is like typically a six inch blade. You know, you can get a a ten inch and a twelve inch blade too if you want it to be really nice and smooth. But I think for the size hole you probably have a joint knife is probably fine. And then make sure you get yourself a a Mm -hmm. nice mud trough would be good to go. And if the joint compound is like low dust that might make your life easier too Mm -hmm. because you will always get a lot of dust in the air when you're doing sanding and that kind of stuff so if you want low dust they do make that now they make that like 50 percent, you know Mm -hmm. dust like less dust but how much is it really decrease (laughs) is it very hard to tell but usually lightweight does do a better job. Lightweight yeah. spackle or lightweight joint compound, rather, does do a really good job. But again, great job trying to get that spackle and make it work. But yeah. spackle is usually a lighter like thing. Yeah. And be
1: for like, n- like nail holes. Yeah. Like
0: small, like very, very, very small. Yeah. I think I always like to say if it's bigger than a dime, then you got to uh, make uh, you. Hold on. If it's bigger than a dime. Then you got to make more time. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. I just used uh, like a dad joke in there. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But in all honesty, if it's bigger than that, if it's bigger than pinhole, to be honest.
1: Well, and I think honestly, like as somebody who has had both dogs and children, knowing how to patch drywall holes is going to be a (laughs) lifesaver.
0: Okay. So I hope that we did a good job answering that question. So... Great job. Yeah, we did so good. I'm patting myself on the back. (laughs) All
1: right. Next question is Marissa, pronoun she, her. Hello, Mercury. I have a weird question. Do you have any recommendations for getting over the fear of ladders? I am embarking on several projects this spring that require me to be on a ladder, like super tall ones for track lighting, and I want to be confident and secure when I get on a ladder. How can I do this? Thank you so much.
0: First and foremost, Marissa, I want to just say vertigo is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Vertigo is a real thing. And if you ever have experiences with Virgo and you like are getting lightheaded or dizzy, Mm -hmm. I want you to get down from that ladder and I want you to call your doctor. Okay. Your primary care doctor and talk to them about what's happening. Because Virgo could be a sign of a lot of other things. And Mm -hmm. I just want to. Be mindful that sometimes we write off fear oh, and sure. we're not always of, like feel, yes. that lightheaded the, feeling. The reason yeah. why I say this is because my mother-in-law's boyfriend, Paul, who is a very good friend of ours, listens to the podcast, is mm-hmm. one of the nicest people I've met in my entire life. Paul thought he had vertigo all of last year. Mm. And then Paul went to the doctor and his heart rate was at 31. Wow. Which is dramatically low. For those who don't know, yeah. it should be like at 68, 70 or something like that. If Basil was here, who is... <laughs> they would know. Yeah, our medical <laughs> professional <laughs> here at the studio, they would know. But I think that's usually you want it around 70. Usually athletes who do long distance running mm-hmm. will have a heart rate of like 32 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they asked Paul, hey, are you okay? You know, And Paul said, you know, I, I could barely walk up the stairs here. Mm-hmm. And they rushed it and they put a pacemaker in. Wow. And they said that, you know, they don't know how Paul got through that entire year. Wow. And so I just want, and and every time he would go up on a ladder, Mm. anytime he would do anything like that, he would get symptoms for vertigo. Mm -hmm. And he just thought that's what he had, you know, so he couldn't do anything around the house or anything. And he would ask me. Hey, Mercury, could you come over to do this for me or whatever? Right? You know, mm. uh, the vertigo is just mm-hmm. getting worse with age. And that's what he thought. And it wasn't. It was a pace wow. So I just, wanna, I just wanted to throw it out there. Be mindful of your health. But now that we got that, you know, <laughs> warning out of the way and I scared you <laughs> shitless. That disclaimer. Now that I scared you <laughs> crapless, <laughs> let's talk about genuine fear of yeah, ladders. I'm curious because
1: I cannot get up on ladders that are higher than a step ladder.
0: Now, there's a, some tips and tricks. Okay. First of all, you're having fear of a ladder is just healthy. I think fearlessness mm-hmm. can be sometimes associated with boneheadedness. And I think that when you are fearless, it's sometimes because you don't take your life or other people's <laughs> life into account when you make your actions. Okay? So I think fearlessness isn't always a good thing. I think being fearful can be healthy. Mm-hmm. So... A ladder can be dangerous. I mean, one of the the I I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the the one of the most common injuries in a home is caused by a ladder. I, mm. I it's it's very the ladders are just dangerous. So respect the ladder and respect the feet. Okay, when you are working with a ladder, I want you to make sure that you got a ladder that has all four feet. Like if it's an A-frame mm-hmm. ladder, all four feet are touching the ground and they're firm. You can get tools or little add ons. It will like fit into it. Like you'll get like these little ladder platforms mm-hmm. that have like notches cut out oh, that are sure. pull. Like you can put the ladder feet into the notches. And then you can, it has like a larger like base area, like almost like a little mini platform for your ladder. Now that mm-hmm. means it doesn't slide. And then if you're by yourself, that can make you feel way more secure. Oh yeah. And the reason why I bring it up is because when you get over when you're trying to get over the ladder, you either having someone hold the ladder Mm -hmm. or taking precautions for the ladder not sliding, all of that will make you feel more secure. The more secure it feels when you're walking up the ladder, the better. Mm-hmm. If you have an old wooden ladder, throw the fucking thing out. <laughs> I want you to work with fiberglass or just, you know, strong metals, not mm-hmm. aluminum. Stay away from aluminum. Stay away from wood, okay? If it's a hardwood ladder, that's way different. If your grandpa built a maple ladder, and that's from like 1902, <laughs> and it hasn't, you know, you know, it, it's it's... It's the strong and sturdy ladder, and it's like 800 pounds. I mean, be my guest if you want to look that <laughs> thing around. But if it's an old wooden ladder or if it's one that's made of aluminum, I, I just don't think they're the safest. Mm-hmm. The cheapest isn't always the best. The, the best ladder, the best brand out there that's lightweight that I recommend all the time is a Little Giant. Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. Giants are my favorite. They're lightweight. They're easy for us to move around in our homes. And... They are really damn sturdy, and they make other products that make it feel safer. So you can get those little platforms I'm talking about from Little Giant, too. Now, if we're talking about something that isn't an A-frame, it's an extension ladder. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get up a 20-foot on a flat wall in your uh, like loft apartment. Right. Or if you're trying to climb the roof of your house or something. They make anti-slip mats for ladders. Mm. We have one here That I've never done a video on because we just haven't had the time yet or have the space. We need like a 20 foot wall to be able to do it. But they make anti slip mats for extension ladders. Absolutely get them. They are like 20, 30 bucks. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, basically the thing I was talking about before with the A frame, Mm -hmm. same thing as anti slip mat. And those are big game changers. They make you feel a lot safer, Maggie. Mm -hmm. They really Mm do. And If you, this is all about, this is even before we get to how do you overcome the fear? We're just talking about products that can make you feel more secure. If you're going on top of your roof or you're trying to clean the gutters, right? One of the biggest criticisms I have when I see people do this is they're not mindful that the ladder is underneath the gutter, Mm, right? mm -hmm. Or they go on top of the gutter, which is a terrible idea. Gutters are not sturdy. Mm -hmm. They, They will flex. And putting your ladder right on the gutter is a terrible thing to do, okay? You can, if you want to roll that dice, be my guest, but just be mindful that you are playing with a much looser area than you would Mm -hmm. otherwise, right? The ladder should go underneath. Now, if you're thinking, Mercury, how does that work? That means you're arching your back, right? No, it doesn't because you can get extensions that pushes it away from the wall. Hmm. So now they, they also make these things... That will latch onto your ladder and that will push the ladder maybe like two to three feet away. And you're essentially pushing the ladder far away from the house. But now you don't need to arch your back. It's, mm-hmm. it, they are one of the best inventions I've ever seen. Some of them even hook onto your siding. And some of them even hook onto the top cool. of your roof. Yeah, they're absolutely worth it. When I see people not have those... I I get worried, but most people don't have them, Mm -hmm. right? But when I've worked with painters and stuff, they always got them. They make a huge difference. Way easier to get up and down on top of a roof, too, because you don't need to worry about that awkward exchange Mm -hmm. from where the gutter is as much, you know? So all that being said, now that's just products that can make you feel safer, you know, make you feel a little bit more at home. If you don't got those, make sure you, you have someone who's really mindful of your own safety and aren't going to shake the ladder when you're growing up. And I, I know that's kind of like a jokey thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't trust anybody who's ever going to shake a ladder when you're growing up. I just, I cannot. There's the biggest pet peeve mm-hmm. when I'm doing work. There's people who fool around on a job site. When it comes to my safety, it's not a jokey matter. Yeah, It's a serious matter, and it's important for us to take it seriously, you know? I think we need to respect the tools that we're working with, respect the environment that we're working in, and respect each other. And that's how you keep each other safe, you know? So all that being said, all of that stuff mm-hmm. is out of the way. Now let's talk about how to actually overcome the fear. When you're walking up the ladder, don't look down. Don't look up. Look straight ahead. Keep your head nice and level. And w- when you're walking up, just look straight ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. This helps a lot. If you're looking down and you're walking up a ladder, A, that's not the safest thing in the world. Okay. And B, you're seeing the ground move away from you, Mm -hmm. and that can give you vertical feelings. Okay. That's not great. If you're looking up, right, you see the roof get closer, and that can also give (laughs) you vertical feelings. (laughs) So the one of the best things you can do is just look straight ahead. Just keep your head head level, and as you are walking up, you're just looking at the sidings. Take it one step at a time, not like you know you're not bear clawing it up. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're taking one step and get the next foot next to your foot. Next step, get the next foot next to your. You're just taking one step at a time. Mm -hmm. You know you're bringing one foot up and then the next foot up and then one foot up and then next foot up. You're not going one foot above the next foot above the next. Don't do that. Keep it nice and steady. I and mean, then keep two hands on your ladder at all times. If you do those kind of things, you really start to feel it be okay. And the more you do it, the better it gets. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, for sure. The more you do it that way and the more precautions you take, the better you feel. You know, if you're working, you know, 10, 15 feet up, that's not is a whole different feeling than when you're working, you know, a whole, you know, 20, 30 feet up. But whatever you do, do it the same way you would no matter what. Even if you're going up a ladder that's six feet, always treat it like you're going up a ladder of 20 feet. Now, the reason Mm -hmm. why I say that is because it plays tricks on you and when you don't. Always respect the ladder no matter what height you're at because that way when you're at a higher height, Mm -hmm. it won't fuck you up and you'll be safer. (laughs) So always, always, always respect the ladder. At no matter what height, and that will translate to taller heights and make you feel a lot more secure. Yeah, does that make sense? That does. Look at that, <laughs> um, <laughs> Professor Mercury, caught in, in for duty. Woohoo! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, Maggie, what do you think? What do you get? What? I mean,
1: I honestly like. Luckily, I have Nick that I will just send him up the ladder. <laughs> But okay. I also would like to feel more independent and not so afraid. So honestly, like the thought of having some extra tools, I had no idea that they made like, you know, the the mats and like the anti-slip pads. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's really great.
0: So what I'm hearing from Maggie is that Maggie's advice is if you have a husband, make him do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just my default.
1: <laughs> okay. Next question. Hey, Mercury, huge fan, former Wisconsinite, former burlesque performer, Ooh. and disability babe, LGBTQ, transpositive human here. Yeah. My trans spouse and I bought our first house together at the beginning of the pandemic in May of 2020 and are in an unincorporated part of Thurston County. And we are on septic. We always have issues with our bathtub not draining appropriately. I had a long plastic thing with teeth. That was most helpful for grabbing hair and gunk, but I didn't realize it was on its last legs, and now it's stuck down the drain, and I have no idea how to get it out. The backup is much worse now, and since we're on septic, I don't want to put caustic chemicals down there to leach into drain water or the ground. I don't even know if I can get into the drain to fix it. I'm so afraid of how bad of a plumbing bill it's going to be. Any recommendations for keeping the drains clear? I also use a soft plastic mushroom drain stopper to try to catch hair, clothing, fuzz, etc. But my spouse pulls it out when he showers and I'm afraid he's making things worse. Any help is much appreciated.
0: Okay, first and foremost, there's a lot here. Hey, way to go, burlesque. I (laughs) 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 always love to hear that. Also, to an ex-former Wisconsinite, you know, cheesehead, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All that being said, now correct me if i'm wrong they said that they broke the plastic off in the drain Mm -hmm. right yep yeah that's rough so those making it worse those are called Mm zippets right and i have said this a lot of times on my tiktoks and in videos that zippets are absolutely one of the worst products ever invented Mm -hmm. and the reason why i say that is because you shouldn't put any plastic down your drain okay now It happens. It's okay. You did what was best for you in the moment. But going forward, if you're listening to this and you've done it before, if you're someone who's just listening to this and all that jazz, I'm telling you right now, stop using plastic down your drains. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because plastic can wear and tear and it can break. And a lot of times you'll break the the teeth on those. Mm -hmm. And even the teeth can cause problems, right? But if you break those in half or break the tip off or break them at any point, then now you have plastic in your drains. And that can be a nightmare of a clog to get out. Sometimes you don't get those clogs out without plumbing intervention. Mm. So that can be super tough. tough toughs, <laughs> Super tough. It's too super tough. <laughs> yeah, super difficult to deal with. Okay, so they make clog tools like tools that are designed Mm -hmm. like 22 to to maybe 36 inches sometimes that sometimes you'll have luck sometimes you'll have like a telescoping tool that will you know I've had endoscope uh, cameras that I've put down Mm -hmm. into strands and I've used with a claw tool and I've pulled out things like this you might have a luck with an endoscope camera they're 80 90 bucks yeah so i mean that's tough that's tough sauce right away you may have had some luck with a claw tool maybe what you could try to do is grab my favorite thing to mention and that's a cobra skinny drain cleaner Mm -hmm. and try to take the edge of it and really bend out the wire what you're going to try to do is bend the wire out one of them and just Make Mm -hmm. it nice and long and kind of like a a witch's claw, right? Or like a lion's claw and put it at a 45 degree angle. That might be enough to grab hair, grab whatever's in there and then pull it up. As it's pulling it up, it may pull up the plastic too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that works and it's only 10 feet, right? Those are only 10 feet long and most clogs are within the first 10 feet. This is before your septic. This is before Mm -hmm. it gets to a sewage line. It's typically pretty good. 10 feet is what I would usually recommend to people if they haven't done a lot of this stuff. Anything beyond that, you know, you could try to pistol grip hand auger that's 25 feet long. But anything past that, you should call a plumber. This is when it starts getting a little bit more dicey and you can make a bigger issue. Maybe it won't be a bigger issue. Maybe it won't be at all, but it's really hard to know. So try the Cobra Skinny Drain Clear, and maybe you'll get a clog of some kind that can pull it up. I'm very happy to hear that you're using a tub shroom. Tub shrooms are my favorite product that catches hair. If uh, 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 People do this all the time where they pull those up and they mm-hmm. don't take the hair out, mm-hmm. or they pull them up, or they then take a shower. And I'm, nobody should do that. Uh, if you got it, you should use it. Right? Any little, even a little hair can make a big problem. If you're already having clog issues, mm-hmm. if you're already having buildup issues, that's when you should do this, right? Like you should use one of these. But the Cobra Skinny Drain Cleaner is the route I would go. I have tons of videos on my how to playlist on TikTok or even on Instagram too. If you just want to mm-hmm. type in Mercury Stardust, um, Cobra Skinny Drain Cleaner, absolutely recommend it. If you go on Amazon and you look at Cobra Skinny Drain Cleaner, You'll go to the bottom, and one of the key words is literally Mercury Stardust. (laughs) That's how much people have bought this product because of me. Cobra, if you're listening to me, if you don't give me a sponsorship soon, I'm going to protest you. All right, (laughs) I
1: will link it in the description of this episode too. (laughs) So many
0: people um, know this product because of me at this point. But I'm very... That's my favorite product. It's great for renters, great Mm for um, uh, people who are living in a trailer, great for people living on their own for the first time. It's not going to get you in too much trouble. Now, the tub shroom situation. First of all, I get it. I, you know, you don't want any backed up water when you're in the the shower. If that's really an issue, if that's really an issue, once you get the clogged removed, if the Cobra Skinny drain cleaner does the job, then you can... Get yourself call it a drain fun- funnel mm-hmm. and maggie mm-hmm. knows i yep. fucking hate this product yeah i'm not a fan of this product i don't think anything should be going down your drains that isn't either i i think hair is one of the worst things you could do I- it just mm-hmm. builds up and older your pipes the more likely it's going to build up in there but the drain funnel brings the hair down like little chunk at a time Mm -hmm. and makes a swirl like a little tornado effect that kind of does help it get past a lot of stuff and it's okay to have hair in your septic you know like it's natural it will degrade over time right the plastic not so much right that's why we want to try to get that out but for this specific situation if this is so much a a hot button issue i would rather you go drain funnel than nothing Mm -hmm. okay if If they're insistent in in taking it out every time, you know, I'm always uh, of the mindset of meeting someone where they're at rather than trying to make them do something they're not going to do. Right. I would explain to them how bad of the situation they could be making it. Like, if you're going for convenience now, you're probably making a nightmare later, right? Right. So convenience isn't always a good thing, right? We think it is, and then it costs $800, $900 for a plumbing bill, Right. And plumbers are way more expensive than I am, <laughs> right? As a technician, I can help you. I'm cheaper than a plumber. Plumbers are just, you know, $400 just showing up sometimes, yeah. you know? So all that being said, I would say that the the good old-fashioned drain funnel might be the best route for you to try to meet them in the middle. Now, if none of that works, all right, there is a product that's an electric drain auger that I really like. It's called a Polo. A Polo electric drain auger. It's on Amazon for like $75, $80. Now, I'm suggesting it to you because if you're having this problem a lot mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. doesn't go away, there is nothing better than an electric drain auger. And this is the most affordable one that I found that I like. And it's, the, the cable is flexible and it gets down um, most curves pretty goddamn easy. And I think his most user-friendly product I have found, that's a drain auger. Now, there's definitely ones that are $150, $250. Mm-hmm. They are a gosh darn nightmare to use. <laughs> they're heavy as oh hell, and they're scary. Mm-hmm. The Polo electric drain auger, you know, it's a typical battery, 20-volt uh, battery. It doesn't take too much to charge. Make sure you use gloves with it. Fairly easy to clean, and it does the job. So I I would say go that route if you need to. It's twenty five feet, and I would try to say don't go too far. You know, be mindful. But if you do get it stuck somewhere, just put it in reverse and just go slow, and it usually works itself out. Okay, I hope that helps. I that, again very thorough today. <laughs> I'm anything if not thorough, right? Answering all those cues and putting in my A's. Uh, you know, <laughs> why do I always gotta ruin it? I was so good today, <laughs> and I ruin it okay next question please
1: hi mercury i'm justin seals my pronouns are they them i live in old 1930s home and i'm recently been ripping out the old carpet and i've ran into a little problem we're wanting to finish the hardwood floors underneath the carpet
0: but there's a bunch of nails where they held down the carpet how would I fix the nail hose in the actual hardwood floor?
1: Any tips or anything? Please let me know. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Well, hello no. there. Also, their their accent is everything. <laughs> their accent, like I instantly went, like, hello. Let's go riding go horseback in accent. the the in the west. <laughs> let's go do some dirty deeds, thunder cheap. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All that being said. This is such a good question because I feel like people don't often know what Mm -hmm. wood putty is. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about wood putty dash wood filler and the stainable kind just in case, right? Trying to find the right wood putty for the right stain can be a pain in the butt, like American oak or, Mm, you know, like cedar and maple and blah, 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 mahogany, all that good stuff can be difficult. So... What we want to go, instead of going that wood filler route, we're getting the right color for the right wood filler right away. I like the standable kind. That's my preferred method. Wood filler, you can get in a big-ass jar, like a big-ass <laughs> container. We got a big one here that I absolutely love. Never are going to go back. Or you can get the kind of squeezes out. Mm, but yeah. the kind of squeezes out, I mean, it's hard to get it out. It's like working with Elmore's glue. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. always good at first, and then all of a sudden it plugs. Yep. you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of the putty method. Uh, get yourself a good plastic putty knife, and then you just smear it in, scrape it off. Smear it in, scrape it off. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to use. It's pretty straightforward. There's no, you know, awful things about it. It takes about maybe 20 Thirty minutes to dry, maybe a, a several hours to cure, and if it kind of sinks down naturally when it dries, you can always fill it up and and tap it off a little bit if that makes sense. Yeah, and later on, and then you're good to go. And that's it. That's it. No, if you're hey, happy, that was easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Here's a simple trick, though. If we're talking about pulling things out of wood, right, mm. from staples or mm. nails or anything, get yourself an old pliers. That's called an end nipper. Mm-hmm. an end nipper is oh, this yeah. wrong if there's this like rounded angled tool that if if it's older that usually means that it's not much of a nipper anymore it doesn't have much of a, a sharp cut to it mm-hmm. which is good you don't want a sharp cut you don't want it to cut your staples in half what you want is you want it to grab the head of the staple or the head of the nail and then rock it back and forth and boom you, you pull it right out boy is that a game changer that is <laughs> a game changer. there was someone on tiktok today oh yesterday that asked me for help with staples and i'm like oh, oh really? i got it and nippers at work Ooh. i might rip up a piece of carpet sorry maggie and i <laughs> might ri- i might uh uh show them how to do that today before i leave on the bike so cool. yeah i don't know I'm excited Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. There's nothing there. That's perfect. That was it. I love that question. So easy. I love. You know, we we need to have a good, (laughs) like, straightforward question every week because, boy, I've been talking a lot, and that. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate you giving me a little bit of a break there. (laughs) Do you have anything to add though, really quickly about that one, Maggie? Um, no. I mean, you know,
1: I know from experience that like when we ripped up carpet in our old home, most of The nail holes were along, like, the same board, either around the edge or, like, I think ours, like, there was a threshold that we were ripping up. So, I guess I have a question. Is there any... If there's a bunch of nail holes in one piece of hardwood floor, is that gonna affect the integrity of that
0: board? Oh, what do you mean? Like, like, like if there's a
1: bunch of like if you're just using oh, a bunch of you know wood filler in one single board, should that board be replaced?
0: Like if you have, I, I guess I need a visual to what you mean because for me, if we're talking about like something that's like like if it has a bunch of buckshot in it, mm-hmm. like it looks like it yeah. is beat up. Oh yeah. yeah, that board's gotta be replaced. Okay. If it has cracks in it right telltale tell signs of splitting mm-hmm. then it's got to be replaced right if it just has holes like 10 20 holes i got to tell you holes do a lot like especially if they're nail size mm-hmm. they don't do as much in- structural integrity uh damage as you think they do right like cool. they're like pin spots yeah. but if it starts like rotting away if there is rot like when it starts peeling mm-hmm. back the wood and stuff and some of that treatment goes away then you have problems right Got but it. that's another, that's a whole different question. <laughs> Maggie, you can't be introducing I a whole to different I just to make it qu- more complicated. And <laughs> that is one, I will say this. If you are doing any type of thing where you're peeling up carpet, revealing yeah. floorboards or anything like that, always look up like how to spot rotting wood. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a good It's one. just a good one to know. And also, by the way, it's going to be different from wood to wood. It's not always the same for types of wood, right? Mm-hmm. Cedar has a specific way of deteriorating and so does oak and you know what I mean like so it's yeah. all a thing but they all have a universal like smell to them you mm-hmm. know like they'll <laughs> all have that kind of like slowly decaying smell but once you're around it you know it yeah but it's hard to to build that kind of repertoire up and yeah I hope that 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 was good Cool. Yeah. Maybe way to like introduce a question at the very end of that. I was doing great. And Maggie's just like, how about this more difficult question, Mercury? Do you have that?
1: I like to make things complicated. Yes, you
0: do. <laughs> All right.
1: This is Becca, pronouns she, her. Um, congrats on the amazing fundraising results. I'm a single mom and super overwhelmed by needing to fix up a place before I move out. Is there a way to clean scuff marks off walls without having to repaint everything? And is there a good way to make scratches on wood doors look better? And finally, any tips to get
0: over the overwhelm? Oh, wow. Way to ask three questions in one. Uh, You know how I just got done saying how happy I was (laughs) that I got out like a reprieved for a second and immediately the next question is like, I'm going to ask three of these. (laughs) Okay. So let's go a little backwards. First of all, how do you uh, handle overcoming, the feeling of overwhelmingness? Okay. First and foremost, take it one task at a time and know that Often when you start solving one task, Mm. you get two more, right? Take it one at a time. It's at your pace, right? And doing any bit matters to you. Having a master list of all the things you want is handy, right? When we're dealing with repairs, dealing Mm -hmm. with homes and deteriorating stuff around us, that's really good. But often really overwhelming, Yeah. right? pick a couple of tasks that week the whole week and knock them out you know and a lot a lot of tasks are smaller than we think they are and when we get going it's a whole lot better and the more you do the more you learn the faster that gets Mm -hmm. right the you gotta be willing to fail and it's Mm. okay if you do and failure is just a weird concept anyways. Yeah, Like for sure. I, I, I think for the 14 years I was in maintenance before I made it here on the good old-fashioned Tiki Talk, I was a failure for probably 11 of those, right? Mm. Like, maybe the classic sense. But, boy, I wouldn't have been able to be really good in those last three years if it wasn't for the 11 years where I struggled a lot yeah, more. that's true. You know, I think people got to understand that no one's good at home owning no one's good at these repairs no one's good at you know fixing this stuff up when they first start you just mm-hmm. aren't you know when you the more you do the more you work at it the less overwhelming it gets and take breaks build in breaks yeah. if you got to take an hour long lunch break when you're working on this stuff yeah, yeah fuck it go see a movie <laughs> you know like don't don't do this thing yeah Where you beat yourself up and you put yourself on a 9-to-5 schedule. Don't you dare do that. Mm -hmm. This is not 9-to-5. This is not you clock in and clock out when it comes to your home. You're in your home a lot. Especially if you work from home. You're in your home a lot. Give yourself a fucking break. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's okay. You're doing the best you can with what you got. And as long as you trust the process... It's going to be okay. It's just, you know, it's overwhelming. It just is by the very nature. Now, how to get scratches out. And then we'll get to the first question that I already forgot. So, (laughs) scratches. Okay. There's a lot of different routes to go with this one. If it's just a little scratches, also wood filler is a way to go. Mm, Sometimes you can just fill this in with just some stain. Sometimes we're natural gel stain. Sometimes can fill this in there there's some polishes that can take out those scratches. Mm -hmm. I've heard this work before. When you got little scratches, a steamer can naturally pull them out. A steamer will do it. So maybe a steamer can kind of like flare it out and pop it out. Try that. There's some Mm -hmm. great tutorials on YouTube that will show you a little bit more about that. Sometimes people use irons too. So Mm. when you apply heat, even like a heat gun that can also make it pop. So Maybe there's some good tutorials online that will show you the right direction, and there you go. Now, for the meat and potatoes, the question you started this with, which is the <laughs> most the most important question that you asked in this one, I know is the scuffs. Yes, I know. Maggie, was yeah, just, I, was, I was ready. <laughs> Maggie was going to read it again, and I was like, "No, Maggie." I thought of it halfway through me buying myself time, and all that being was scuffs. Now, this is solved by the most versatile tool in the tool bag. This is solved by the thing that we use in almost every single how-to fix it, you know, there is. Especially when it comes to any type of plumbing or wall repair, right? Hmm. And that is baking soda. Mm. Baking soda. Really? Yeah, baking soda mixed with water. Hmm. It acts, that, that baking soda, I cannot stress enough how good baking soda is at cleaning stuff. Cool. Because baking soda acts as that, like abrasive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like little sane pebbles, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is that soap that I always use that, you know, that uh, the, go, the go- Gojo? Yeah, what, what kind of stuff? Is it pumice? Pumice. Pumice, yeah. It kind of acts, that that baking soda acts as pumice, basically. Right. And that abrasiveness helps to scrape into the wall and, and take it off. Now, Ooh. if that doesn't work, right, you want to go gentle because you don't want to take the paint off, right? There are some products out there. And like I've said before, if if you need something for cleaning, Pink Stuff's got it out mm-hmm. there. And the product is probably at least decent, right? Now, if you don't like Pink Stuff, Zep's. Zep's got fucking everything. And I like <laughs> Zep's. I think Zep does a pretty good job with most of their products. They got a foaming-based product, apparently, that's supposed cool. to be really good. I Googled that before I answered mm-hmm. this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, But honestly, I think water and baking soda might be a really good solution. Yeah. And honestly, probably the cheapest option. And I just think anyone who has a home in general, yeah. a renter or homeowner should just have baking soda. Oh, because for sure. Because baking sodas are great for like a lot of little fixes if from clogs to, you know, cleaning stuff smells. like this to smells. Baking soda is just a handy thing to have mm-hmm. around. What do you think, Maggie?
1: Yeah, I love baking soda. I also know, so you know like those magic erasers? Yes. Those can be a little pricey, but you can get the melamine sponges. I forgot about those. For like a few cents. You can get like a pack of like 50 for like two bucks, I think, of the like off-brand melamine
0: sponges. Yeah. Do
1: not buy magic erasers. (laughs) They're just really expensive labels. Yeah, the Mr. Mr. Clean magic erasers. Yeah, Yeah. those you just want a melamine sponge. And
0: they fall apart really fast. Yeah, they're like single
1: use. Yeah, they really are they're only supposed to be used like the the one time you use it until it breaks down and falls apart and then you get a new one like you throw it away yeah. and get a new one but it's usually like single use
0: i i i do like them i will say this i have seen them rip off paint before
1: really yep mm. yep i've used them a bunch like especially like apartment cleanouts i've done and i've never but i i, I think guess it also depends on like the quality of the paint and the drywall in the space and how hard you go at it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean,
1: mean, there's definitely something to be said.
0: That's why I I like baking soda in this instance, because you can take a little bit at a time. Sure. You can try really tiny and focus on a spot and really put your elbow grease in it. And then if it works a little bit, then you put more and you, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think with a magic eraser or with any product like that, it's a little bit all or nothing. You mm. know what I mean? You like rip it once and you're like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, those kind of things can happen. Anytime yeah. you add a chemical into it. Sure. Anytime you add any type of chemical or soap or anything like that, you are rolling the dice. If we're just talking water and baking soda, yeah. it's the least likely to cause a reaction, right? Someone asked me recently, how do I clean a tub? And I said baking soda it was where I would start, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know, about, like, you want to work yourselves up. And they're like, well, I heard acetone was a good route. Ooh. And I was like, ah, ooh, ah, ah, <laughs> ah. Don't start with no. acetone. <laughs> Don't start with acetone. Wouldn't that strip your tub? It can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it can. It can also, like, if you get a plastic tub, whoo, mm-hmm. boy, if you're a renter and you use acetone on it, Yeah, you melt it. Oh yeah. You can have an (laughs) issue. You can have it. But you know, a little bit could do a good job. Do you know what I mean? There is some truth to it. Sure. Right? But boy, don't start (laughs) there. Start gentle and then get more intense as you go on. Because maybe you'll see, oh, you know what, that worked pretty good. I'm gonna give it a day or two, have fresh eyes come at it. Because sometimes you you know it's there, and yeah. you see it, and you can't unsee it. And then, as you're cleaning, you overclean. Do you know oh, what I'm sure? You overclean. You're it. staring at it, for yeah. So, long, so you know? sometimes it's good to like clean what you can, walk away, and, come and then back. walk away, give it like a day or two, and come back at it. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Yeah, you know, me full of wisdom today. <laughs> okay, everyone, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Handyman Hotline. If you heard any of my answers and you were like Mercury, those were crap. I can do better. First and foremost, go find somewhere else, okay? Go go <laughs> somewhere else. Go find another handy ma'am that can help you, okay? But that being said, if you have any tips or tricks for yourself, hey, why don't you call in and give your handy tips? I would love to hear them. I want to do a whole episode about your hacks and, and things that you do in your life. So call our hotline at 608-205-8768. Or text our hotline at 608-205-8768. And make sure you leave your own tips and tricks for us to learn from you because this is a community of people learning how to do things together. Mm. And all that being said, I want to say thank you to everyone who already called in. Make sure you can also call in with your questions and we'll do the best we can give you all the A's in the world in order to uh, make us sound more smart. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And remember, my book is available for pre-order right now. That's safe and sound a renter's-friendly guide to home repair, available on anywhere you get your book, but especially bookshop.org. Make sure you buy local whenever possible. And if you need to, it is also on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. <laughs> but thank you so much for all your support. And until next time, remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. The theme song for the Handyman Hotline was written by Rody Walker. The questions were picked out by our production assistants, Ray and Basil. And the sound was engineered by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us. And you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. your hammer and nails and paint your
1: nails if you want to. You're worth the time